Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. It's time for Lombardi Memories. So it takes you back in time, into January or February, to the greatest one-day spectacle in all of sports. This is the Every Other Tuesday podcast that looks back at each and every one of the 50-plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just a box score, this podcast goes drive-by-drive, play-by-play, the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and you can visit my website at TommyAPhillips.com where you can find all of my books. Those include Great 80s, which covers this last Super Bowl of the decade of the 80s, and a whole lot more. Today we have Super Bowl 24, which was held on January 28, 1990 at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana, between the four-time AFC champion Denver Broncos and the four-time NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. If you're looking for the full story of this 1989 season, pick up my Great 80s book and you'll learn more than you ever wanted to know about that year and the rest of the 80s. The reason why... I'm having a podcast back-to-back weeks is because I got off schedule whenever I took my break, so I'm trying to get back on schedule, and it'll be every other Tuesday from here on out, unless I need to take another break, of course. As always, we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. The pop quiz question for today is this. The 49ers won this Super Bowl by 45 points. When was the last NFL championship game in which a team won by 45 or more points? The answer will come at the end of the podcast. The NFC came into this game with five consecutive Super Bowl victories. This season, the gap between the two conferences was so wide the Madden Cruiser could fit inside. The NFC had seven teams with at least 10 victories. Two of them missed the playoffs. The two wild cards had each had 11 wins. The NFC West had three teams out of four with winning records. As for the AFC, it had only one team to reach double digits and wins, Denver. The conference had mediocre teams galore. Ten teams in the AFC finished within one game of 500. 
It was a mess. For the Broncos, they were far and away the best team, but could they prove it? They nearly lost in the divisional round to the 9-7 wildcard Steelers. They pulled out a one-point victory before taking on Cleveland for the third time in four years in the AFC Championship game. They held off a Cleveland rally to win 37-21, and they were headed to their fourth Super Bowl in the last 13 years. Quarterback John Elway threw for over 3,000 yards, but he was inconsistent. He threw 18 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. His passer rating was a paltry 73.7. If not for his running, he ran for 244 yards and three touchdowns, he might have considered this to be a bad year. But um, he, he had help, though, from running back Bobby Humphrey, who was the main ground gainer. He rushed for over 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. Elway's favorite receiver was Vance Johnson. He caught 76 passes for 1,095 yards and seven touchdowns, and he had over 45 more catches than any other player on the team. As for the 49ers, they were an outstanding team that was one of the greatest in NFL history. They lost only two games, a one-point loss to the Rams and a four-point loss to Green Bay in a 14-2 season. Quarterback Joe Montana threw four touchdown passes in the fourth quarter of a comeback 38-28 win over Philadelphia early in the season. By the end of the season, it was too easy for San Francisco. They beat Buffalo by 11 and Chicago by 26 to end the regular season. Then in the playoffs, they beat Minnesota 41-13 in the divisional round. In the NFC Championship game against the Los Angeles Rams, they battered and bruised L.A. quarterback Jim Everett so much that he went down in a phantom sack. The Niners won 30-3 and advanced to their second straight Super Bowl. This year, there was not much of a quarterback controversy. Montana threw for over 3,500 yards and 26 touchdowns, as opposed to just eight interceptions, for an amazing passer rating of 112.4. He was named league MVP. Of course, he had many weapons to work with. Running back Roger Craig ran for 1,000 yards and caught 49 passes. Jerry Rice caught 82 balls for 1,500 yards, almost 1,500, that is, and 17 touchdowns. And fullback Tom Rathman had the second most catches on the team with 73. Receiver John Taylor also went over 1,000 yards and had 10 touchdown catches. So at the Super Bowl, Packers legend Willie Wood tossed the coin and it came up heads. Montana's call was tails, so the Broncos won the toss and got the receipt. They wouldn't hold the ball for long. Elway threw two incompletions, then got brought down by defensive end Pierce Holt, and the Broncos had to punt. San Francisco took over at their own 34. Craig took a second-down handoff for a 
first down at the 50. Craig then caught a third down screen pass and went for nine yards to pick up another first down. Montana hit Rice for nine yards, then he ran for a 10-yard gain on a third down scramble. Two plays later, Montana threw over the middle to Rice, who bounced right off two tacklers and coasted into the end zone for the game's opening touchdown. Elway began Denver's next drive with a subtle pass to Humphrey. He went for 28 yards and a first down. Humphrey then ran for a first down and set up another for Elway to gain on a third down sneak. Elway tried the subtle pass again, but this time the ball bounced right back to him and he chose to bat it down. If he had caught it, he would have had his second catch in the last three Super Bowls. The Broncos settled for a 42-yard field goal by kicker David Treadwell, and the score was now 7-3. The 49ers went 3-and-out, and punter Barry Helton's kick was returned to the Denver 48. The Broncos had the perfect opportunity to go down and score a touchdown and take the lead, but Humphrey fumbled on a first-down carry and San Francisco recovered. The Niners got a call for holding on the first play of their new drive, but Montana made up for it by throwing to Rice for a first down. Facing fourth down a bit later, Rathman took the carry and got four yards for a first down, losing the ball but only after he was down. Montana then hit Rice on a third down pass over the middle for 21 yards. Next, he threw the tight end Brent Jones for a seven-yard touchdown. Mike, kicker Mike Kofer missed the extra point, and the Niners led 13-3 after one quarter. The Broncos went three and out again, and San Francisco took over at their own 32. Rathman caught a pass over the middle for 18 yards. Then Craig ran for gains of six and nine yards. Montana hit Rathman on another short pass. He gained 12 more yards. And then Craig ran for another eight, and then he got another first down. But the Niners did face fourth and inches from the two. Rathman pounded his way for the first down, then followed that up shortly afterward by punching it in from the one. The Niners now led 20-3. to three. Stop me if you've heard this before. The Broncos went three and out once again, but the 49ers followed with a three and out of their own. The Broncos got another shot and ended up getting one first down on a pass to Johnson before having the punt again before or after the two-minute warning. Montana got his next shot starting at his own 41. He threw short to Rathman for four yards, then he scrambled for five more to the midfield strike. Timeout San Francisco. Now, Rathman picked up the first down on a four-yard run, and Montana found tight end Wesley Walls, a rookie, at the Denver 38. You'll remember Wesley Walls eventually played for Carolina and finished his career in Green Bay. The Niners called their second timeout with 40 seconds left. But the Bronx made it way too easy for Montana, allowing Rice to break wide open in the middle of the field. Montana naturally saw him, 
completed the pass to the post for a touchdown, and the Niners went to the half holding a 27-3 lead. The Niners went 3 and out to start the second half. That's when Elway threw an interception to linebacker Mike Walter. He returned the pick to the Denver 28. Rice immediately cast in, catching a touchdown identical to the one at the end of the first half. The 49ers now held a 34-3 lead. On Denver's next drive, L.A. threw an interception to defensive back Chet Brooks. He stepped out of bounds at the Denver 35. Two plays later, Montana ran the exact same play as the last two touchdowns, only this time it was Taylor bringing it in. It was a 35-yard touchdown, and San Francisco now led 41-3. Montana had thrown for a Super Bowl record five touchdowns in just three quarters. L.A. wasn't quitting, even down by 38. He led a good drive, throwing to Johnson to get past the 50 to start it out, and then Humphrey took a draw play and went 34 yards. The 49ers got called for pass interference on the next play, setting up L.A. to run it in on a third-down quarterback draw. That made it 41-10, a bit more palatable for Broncos fans, but not much. Montana could have gone ahead and passed for seven or eight touchdowns if he had wanted to. Instead, the 49ers tried letting up. That's probably the only thing they failed at doing because they couldn't help scoring more points on the Broncos. First, Montana led a methodical drive down the field. Craig started it with a 13-yard run, and Montana converted a third down with a pass to tight end Jamie Williams. Rathman ran for 18 yards, while Montana was breaking the Super Bowl record for most consecutive completions. That streak ended shortly afterward, but a few plays later, Rathman took it in for another touchdown, making it 48-10. Elway found himself sacked by defensive end Daniel Stubbs on first down, then victimized by Stubbs again as he picked up an L.A. fumble and returned it all the way to the one. Craig went in from there, making it a 55-10 score. The rest of the game was backups playing. Steve Young got his first accident in a Super Bowl, but he didn't throw for any touchdowns. No one scored again, and the game ended in a scoregami. 55-10 San Francisco the biggest blowout in Super Bowl history. Guess who won MVP? Of course, it was Montana. He completed 22 of 29 passes for 297 yards and five touchdowns. He now held pretty much every Super Bowl record, passing record there was possible to earn. His passer rating was almost perfect at 147.6. If there was anyone to choose, though, as the second-best player, it would have to be Rice, because Rice caught seven passes for 148 yards and a Super Bowl record three receiving touchdowns, and he made it all look so easy. The MVP of the Broncos? That would be Humphrey. He ran for 61 yards and caught three passes for 38 yards. He also fumbled, and, and that, that was a 
crucial fumble early in the game. But he wasn't the biggest goat on the Denver sideline in this game. That would unfortunately be Elway, who completed only 10 of 26 passes for 108 yards and two interceptions, earning a passer rating of 19.4. Elway just couldn't win the big one. He was going to retire as a Hall of Famer without a Super Bowl ring. His time was over. Of course, we all know what happened from the year. The biggest play was Humphrey's fumble in the first quarter with the game at a 7-3 score. If Denver scores there, they go up 10-7, and who knows what happens from there. Maybe they keep it close. Maybe it just ends up 55-17. In any case, Humphrey losing the ball was the first play that killed the Broncos. The biggest play that no one remembers? I'll pick any of the 49ers 4,000 in the first half. Many people do not realize that the Niners wouldn't have gotten nearly as many points had they failed to convert on their fourth down attempts. They also would have gotten fewer points had they settled for field goal attempts. Instead, 49ers head coach George Seifert was aggressive all the way, and boy did it ever pay off. The best player in this game you don't remember? I'm going with defensive back Chet Brooks. He had an interception and a big return, and he helped recover the Humphrey fumble in the first quarter. He had a big day when defense wasn't really necessary with how well the offense played. Super Bowl 24 ended in a scoragami, 55-10. That score has never happened any other time in NFL history. But when was the last time an NFL championship was decided by 45 points? You'd have to go all the way back to 1957 when the Detroit Lions defeated the Cleveland Browns 59-14 to win the NFL championship. That is the question, answer to today's pop quiz question. It's 1957. Super Bowl 24 remains the largest margin of victory by a team in a Super Bowl, as well as the most points scored by a team in a Super Bowl. And we know which team that was. Of course, it was the 49ers, and that's today's homework. The book is When the 49ers Were Kings, How Bill Walsh and Ed DiPartolo, I cannot say his name, Ed DiPartolo Jr. built a football dynasty in San Francisco. Man, that is a tongue twister. I cannot get his name right. I saw him get inducted at the Hall of Fame. I still can't uh, <laughs> say his name. But When the 49ers Were Kings, that's the book. It's by Gordon Forbes. It's a great way to cap this 80s dynasty of the 49ers. Next time, we will go from one of the worst Super Bowls to one of the best. Super Bowl 25. It's the New York Giants against the Buffalo Bills in a game that will come down to the final second as we enter the 90s. My website is TommyAPhillips.com. 
where you can find all of my books. Until next time, this is Tommy A. Phillips. So long. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.